70% of you that listen to Wholeness with Hannah don't actually subscribe. Following us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast helps more than you know. The bigger the following, the more the podcast can evolve. So if you hit follow, it would mean so much to me. Thanks. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Wholeness with Hannah, a podcast to remind you that your personal whole is the only goal. Feeling whole and aligned can mean totally different things to different people. Give yourself permission to love what you love, feel what you feel, and believe that you deserve everything that you want just because you want it. Me and my guests discuss all things mental, physical, spiritual, and financial health alongside tools, practices, and concepts that can help to enhance the everyday experience of life. I can't promise that we won't go a little off topic at times because I warn you now, I'm a bit of a talker, but I hope this podcast leaves you a little more equipped than it found you. Nobody else is you, and that is your power. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Wholeness with Hannah. This week I'm joined by Natalie Bell. Natalie is a nurse, a life coach, mental health advocate and dating and relationship lifestyle content creator based in Cleveland, Ohio. She's super passionate about helping other people, especially during times in their life when they feel that things aren't working out. Her business, Chats with Nat, focuses on personal growth and healing, mind, body, and soul. And through life coaching, Chats with Nat is designed to help you along your own journey by connecting through sharing real-life lessons, perspectives, thoughts, and feelings. Through the courses offered, Natalie aims to share the real, the raw, the struggles, and the triumphs with her clients and navigate moving forward in a positive, healthy way together. I love the content she shares on social media around how to focus on yourself and live authentically and her wisdom around healthy love and yes it does exist and how we can attract it into our lives so I'm super excited to talk to her today so welcome to the pod Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Yay. Okay, great. To get to get started then, do you want to just give us a little bit of background on you and your story and how you have ended up helping people like this? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I started my kind of like healing journey back um, about five years ago now after a big breakup. Uh, I'm, 30, I'm 31, so I went through a, a breakup like mid-20s. Um, and just just was really struggling at a low point in my life and content and sharing and, um, you know, kind of like having Instagram be my own personal journal, like spoken word journal helped me to heal and to move on in a healthy way. So I started that back about five years ago and it's blossomed into so many other opportunities for me, including life coaching. Um, I'm also a nurse. So you know, I keep myself busy, but it's been really fun and it's been challenging, but um, I wouldn't change my journey for the world. So, yeah, that's amazing. And usually all this kind of stuff comes off the back of your own healing, doesn't it? I've had a similar experience. So that's really nice to know. And then you're kind of, you feel like you can take everything you've learned and you can help other people do the same. But yeah, I love your content. It's so real. And every, every real you, real you put up, I am like, oh yeah, that hits. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I, it's funny because people will message me and say how it resonates and mm-hmm. I, I love to hear it, but it's also like my own, like I'm talking to myself. I, you know, when I'm talking and speaking to my followers, I'm also talking to myself. So it's usually something that I've either been through or something that I'm currently going through that I just need to share because yeah. I know if I need to hear it, then other people need to hear it too. And if I can help through my journey, then, you know, it's a win-win. Yeah, definitely. I love that. 
Um, okay, so dating and relationships, it's an area a lot of people seek comfort in. It's one of something that I feel everyone at some point in their life struggles with. So what what do you think are some of the common struggles in relationships around love, healthy love? I think I think healthy love is a really good topic, but we can get on to that after. Yes. Uh, I think the basis of a healthy relationship is respect. And I think in today's dating culture, a lot of respect has kind of gone out the window and been replaced with, with other things like options, like this illusion of having endless options. Um, and, you know, that just things at our fingertips that make it more accessible to us to, you know, have a wandering eye and yeah. see the grass is greener on the other side. When in reality, the, the grass is green where you water it and where you continue to water it. Um, so I think, you know, respect is huge. I think it's also something that's really easy to do, but it's also something really easy not to do and to have. So um, just building the the foundation from the ground up and working from there, you know, relationships are hard and love is, love is not hard, but things that, you know, go into creating a healthy love can be tough sometimes and people don't really realize that takes work. And so when things start to feel like they're a little bit of work, they're like, oh, I'm just going to leave this and look for something easier. So I think it's the illusion of options and the lack of respect. Yeah, I totally agree. On that, I think there's a balance, isn't there, between relationships take work. And as you said, the grass is greener where you water it. But at the same time, I think people stay in things that aren't necessarily for them. So it's kind of like finding that balance of, is this the right person to work on things with or are we actually just not right for each other and I need to leave this or whatever but I think then on that and I know you put out some stuff around that is kind of questions you should ask yourself before you get into a relationship because I think from experience and from just everything around me and things I see and things even things on social media social media a lot of the time relationships fail because of someone's unhealed wounds Mm -hmm. so what do you think do do, what do you think about that I would I would agree that sometimes past pain can project onto new experiences and new connections Mm -hmm. so it's really getting to the root of your pain and feeling your way through that and healing but there's also a lot of healing that happens when you're in a new healthy relationship that your partner can help you through because there will just be certain situations that you're not triggered in like you are um, you know, in your singleness versus when you're in a new relationship. So there's a lot of healing that you can do on your own, but there's also a lot of healing that happens with a new healthy partner. And then I, something that I have a lot of my clients do and something that I've talked to my friends about as well is getting really clear on what you are looking for in a partner. Um, So, you know, I'll have a lot of my clients write down their non-negotiables. So things that, um, you know, kind of center around values and what you are really needing and desiring to feel safe in a a partnership, those are your non-negotiables. And then also having another list of preferences. So it's things that you maybe prefer, but things that are non-deal breakers. So getting really clear on what those non-negotiables are and not settling for less than that, because those are boundaries that you should put up in a relationship. And you know, if, if you're not getting those things or seeing those things, then it's probably just meaning that you're not aligned in a way that's going to serve you both in the long run. And it's when we try to fit those people into that list when they really don't necessarily, you know, fit into it. That's when the breakdown kind of happens and it just kind of doesn't work out. Yeah. There's so many moving parts to a relationship, aren't there? But I I, I agree. I think 
there's this balance between everything you just said really but how we work on ourselves before we enter a relationship I think can be really important but at the same time there's people that have been in relationships since they were 18 and they've worked out and they're still going strong because they've gone through things together so I think it's very person situation relationship dependent but there's def I definitely agree that there's this this kind of theory around you can't expect someone to heal a wound that they didn't create they can hold space for you to heal it in the relationship but but I think sometimes too much expectation gets projected onto the other person a bit like if you were the right person I wouldn't feel this but that's not true it's you need to heal your wound I'm here to create a safe space to do that so I think a lot of the time it's people some people don't take their own accountability for healing their wounds but at the same time as you said I think it really depends on what the trigger is and where it's come from because relationships can be really triggering can't they you're basically you you're you're a mirror you're mirroring you're getting your your wounds mirrored back to you especially when it's a healthy relationship actually because it's all the things you haven't dealt with before <laughs> yeah well people talk about how hard it is sometimes to have healthy after toxic because they're mm. so used to the roller coaster and they're so used to feeling you know some low feelings and emotions and so when they're entered into a new relationship that's healthy they almost don't know how to handle it and so a lot of self-sabotaging comes into play yes. and you know a lot of of those kind of feelings and and actions that aren't going to serve the relationship but it's just something that you're kind of conditioned to think because of your past um so you know i'm i've dealt with that in the past too of self-sabotaging and thinking something's wrong with this relationship when really it's a healthy one and i'm just working through past trauma so how if someone is self-sabotaging how do we recognize that and how do we stop <laughs> Well, I think a lot of it has to do with self-awareness. You have to have yeah. awareness about where you're at, where your healing is, where your trauma lies. I think if you don't know, then there's no way you're going to be able to heal it. So first, it's it's really taking the self-awareness into account and, and thinking about where where are my wounds? Where are my triggers? What has happened in my past that causes me hurt now? Um, so it's really getting clear on that because if you don't have self-awareness, you're not going to have self-accountability totally I think I always say I think self-awareness is the key to life because from that you can do whatever you want because you're aware of how you are and how you're showing up and how you can show up for other people so yeah I totally agree so it kind of, kind of comes back to I don't know actually what, what do you think about do you believe that putting all your love into yourself will attract the right partner like if you have a lot of self-love yeah like say you're single um and you're looking for someone and you've got really clear and your values and you know what you want and they're not showing up. What do you think about that? Is it is it still just about doing you, getting on with your life and the right person will show up if you have done your own work? I think on some level, yes. I think, you know, you do get to focus on you, but you also get to be open to finding somebody. So if you're just like in your own lane, blinders on, then you're going to miss people that are there. But if you, you know, are in your own lane, blinders maybe aren't on as much, you're doing you you're, you know, in your self girl, self love girl era. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're also open to finding somebody. I think that's when magic happens because you have the self awareness of where you're at, but also where you want to go. So you're open to to finding it. But I think in the meantime of finding somebody, you can be doing things that serve yourself and your future partner at the end of the day, because if you're working on yourself and healing yourself, then that's also going to ultimately you know benefit your future partner too yeah totally and I think a lot of it comes down to what you believe as well like I really liked your reel around the whole like you gotta believe that this person exists 
exists and you, if you want different you've got to be different <laughs> yes I agree I think you know unfortunately the dating culture today is is pretty negative and I think yeah. if we get stuck in that then we're it's just going to continue to be negative for us. But if you can think differently, then you're going to attract differently. So if you're going to have a, a more negative mindset, then that's what you're going to attract. But if you can have a positive mindset and say, if I exist, I know my ideal partner exists. I know they're out there. They're coming. Everything is working out. Like if you affirm that for yourself, the more likely it will be attracted into your life, just like the negative things. So it's just a mindset and it's a perspective that sometimes we need to shift. Yeah, I totally agree. It's all about how you think about things and how you look at things. And I always choose. I can always. I'm quite aware. I can. I can catch myself now where I say, "Now you're spiraling. This isn't true. You're making this up." And then I'm quite good at reframing it. And as you said, if I exist, he must exist. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, relationships are hard anyway. So if we talk about long-term relationships now, do you have what? What have you found are the struggles in sustaining a relationship over the long term? So I think in order to, to sustain a long-term relationship, it takes a lot of self-awareness, forgiveness. It takes a lot of communication through the hard stuff, respect, and it takes like continuing to date your partner even after yeah. you quote unquote, got them, you know, it's staying curious, you know, we're ever changing, we have, you know, different interests and different emotions and different things that come up for us. So staying curious about the person that you're dating, and or married to like, can, and continuing to date them and make things fun and be thoughtful and all of the things that go into attracting a partner also get to stay in play when keeping your partner. So. Yeah. That, and it's hard, isn't it? Again, I guess the flip side of it is that getting that balance between when something, well, because divorce exists, right? So there's a reason why, you know, sometimes things don't work out. But I think it's about really putting it into it and coming out the other side saying we, we gave this everything if you end up splitting up or divorcing or anything like that. But I think maybe sometimes people, do you, is this what you mean? People give up too soon because they haven't tried to continue these things that you have to do at the start. Yeah, I think um, people get a little bit lazy in relationships mm. and they get comfortable, too comfortable. You know, there's, there's, yeah. you should feel safe and comfortable with your partner and at peace, but that doesn't come at the cost of still putting in effort and being intentional about your connection. So it's, again, staying curious, learning about each other, dating each other, making each other laugh, going on solo dates together, like away from kids or away from friends. Like it takes, you really being intentional about the connection. Um, and I think some people let that intentionality kind of fall to the wayside after they quote unquote get their partner because they feel like yeah. they don't try as hard anymore. Yeah, and relationships go through ebbs and flows, but ultimately you both need to be in it, don't you? You both need to agree that, you know, or you can be open and say, you know, we're not really feeling this right now. Let's talk it out. Let's get back on track. And that's part of being in a long-term relationship. It's not going to be, you know, 100% fun, 100% of the time, but it's building, it's building that partnership, isn't it? So then you can go through the tough times together as well. Right. It's a partnership and it's a commitment. I think people sometimes forget that it is a, it's a, it's a commitment and a promise to each other to get through the hard stuff together. It's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. You know, my parents have been together for gosh, 35 years now. And 
it's not, it's not always been rainbows and butterflies for them, but they've made a commitment to each other. They still date each other. They still learn about each other. Oh, my light just went off. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, and it's good to see them that way because it's been a model for me. Um, fortunately for myself, that is something that I want to emulate and, um, you know, become eventually with my partner as well. It's just somebody who continues to date each other. This is just dining. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. And again, we are a product of our environment. So I guess it, it does depend on the relationships we've seen around us as well and how we've seen them play out can also influence our behavior in relationships and why we do need to do our own healing sometimes. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. On the, on the other side of this, then let's talk about maybe settling in something that isn't actually for you. And do you think this kind of comes down to your self-worth when people are kind of choosing people that aren't choosing them? I think, yes, a lot of, a lot of settling happens when we don't honor our self-worth and Mm -hmm. we try to make those people fit into that list or those non-negotiables that we came into the relationship with, but we've kind of let fall because we want this to work out so badly. Yeah. Um, was, you know, I was in a relationship for 10 years. I was engaged, but I ultimately felt at the end of the day that I was settling for less than I knew that I deserved and was fitting into a box that um, I, that was no longer serving me. And when I tried to step out and, you know, branch out and find more of myself and found more of like that self-love feeling, um, it wasn't met with, um, support. And so I felt, um, just that it was, you know, not, not aligned with who I was anymore and where I was going. So it's hard to, Mm. um, it's hard to admit to yourself that you're settling, I think. Yeah. Um, And then it's hard to then take actionable steps to get out of that relationship because, you know, if you're comfortable and it's just okay, yeah, totally. Um, a lot of people take that over being alone because they're fearful of singleness and being alone and loneliness um, that sometimes can come with being single. But, you know, being um, being single is better than being in a relationship that's not serving you. And I think people totally. um, sometimes don't realize that because they're scared of being alone. Yeah, the scared of being alone thing is huge. I think it's a societal thing as well, you know, especially as women, I feel like there's a lot around if we're not partnered up, we're not as worthy. Although I do think that's changing because now I feel like there's this whole thing about actually she is worthy and we all are. But um, yeah, there's definitely something around, I'm in a relationship, no one's relation. I think people then try and convince themselves, you know, no one's relationship is perfect. At least I've got someone, they're a great person. And ultimately it can end in you just settling and then it falling apart later down the line. When I've seen before, like crazy things happen, like the person they never thought would ever leave them, it does. And it ends up, you know, you've settled because you thought you were safe in a way of this person's going to be there. And then they walk away and then you wish, actually, I wish I'd kind of taken the leap myself. I would be in a totally different situation right now. But yeah, settling is, is a huge thing. Um, and it's it may, it's sad in a way, isn't it, that people do that? But I also understand how hard it can be to what you said. One, to admit to yourself that maybe I'm settling here because then you've got to go through the whole process again, haven't you? <laughs> Which I think can feel really exhausting. And I think having the awareness that you're settling is the first step then. And then it's like, okay, now that I know this, now I have to 
take action. And I don't want to because it's scary and I don't want to be alone and I don't want to hurt this person. And yeah, that that's a big thing and not wanting to hurt the other person as well. That can be really tough. Right, right. And that can keep people stuck in relationships that they don't really want to be in, but they're just settling for. Yeah. And do you believe that they're actually hurting the other person more by staying in the long run? Yeah, in the long run, yes. Yeah, yeah. they might not think that in the moment obviously, but yeah, down the line, um, I think about this because I left the relationship that I was in. Right. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do. I, I did not want to hurt him. I didn't want to hurt his family. I didn't want to hurt my family. It was just, you know, a lot of guilt that I, that I carried yeah. for a long time. But at the end of the day, this is, this is what I really thought to myself. I said, there is somebody else out there that can love him better than I can. And that's when I really realized I need to take a step away and he deserves better. I deserve yeah. better. And also he does too. So when you can really admit to yourself, somebody else can love that person better than you are, you know, in the long run, you're doing them a favor and you're doing you a favor. You're doing a, yourself a disservice if you stay in a relationship that you know, you know, somebody else can love them better than you can. Yeah, that's a really good reframe, actually, isn't it? To think, actually, I'm doing them a disservice as well as me. And as you said, in the short term, oh my God, it will be so bad and it will be horrendous. And and especially if you live with your partner, I totally get that as well. It's like, oh my God, one of us is going to have to move out. This is so, 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 so bad. And heartbreak is so, 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 so bad. But I believe it makes everyone stronger and it basically effectively gets you to where you're supposed to be next. So yeah, I totally agree. But it is one of the hardest things I think anyone has to do, isn't it? To break up with someone that you do love because I'm sure, you know, with you, I'm sure you still loved your partner, but it doesn't mean that you should stay together. I think there's other things that go into making your relationship work besides just love. And there's, you know, something that needs to happen if those other things aren't working out. Um, you need to really take a step back and look at things that you're really looking for and desiring in a partner. And if you're not getting that, then your cup is never going to be full from that relationship. Yeah. And I think sometimes something I've learned is it's so horrible and hard, but sometimes the pieces just don't fit with someone that you really want them to fit. I've had that where you really, you really wanted it to work. You both did, but it just doesn't fit. And I think acknowledging and accepting that is the key to freedom really, but it is so hard. It's hard. <laughs> And, and think about this, like if you can care about the wrong person, quote unquote wrong person, and love the wrong person yeah. that much, imagine how much you're going to love the right person. That's, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh. And we could channel it that way. That, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I totally feel that. You no, know, you don't learn these lessons in the moment. They always come after the fact, you know, years down the line when you're thinking about your yeah. past. Like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah totally like you you know people always look back when they're married to the right person or in the right relationship and they can they go oh yeah that wasn't right but you have to just believe that you'll get there and I think that's you know that's the hardest part is the belief part and but I think that also ties into you know your self-worth if you are you have really high self-worth you even though you're hurting and you're really sad you know that you'll meet the right person and it'll all work out but it's about taking time for you to heal as well I think what do you think about right person, wrong time? I've heard the saying so much. And yeah. In the past few years, I, I, I think if they're the right person, there's never going to be a wrong time. Yeah, I was interested if you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, so 
it's, it would be forcing somebody who's the right person at the wrong time. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't align. So, you know, if they're the right person, there's never going to be a wrong time. There's never going to be a wrong time. That's so nice. And I think a lot of people will listen to that and be like, oh, damn. <laughs> I know. Well, I think people try to make an excuse like, oh, it's wrong yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. It just might be the wrong person and you're just making that to be an excuse because you want it to work out with them totally and then I've I've had I've said that to people before and they're like yeah but you know this person broke up and then they got back together and now they're married and I'm like well they were the right person (laughs) it wasn't necessarily about the timing if someone's right for you they'll come back you don't have to think you don't have to worry about the timing but also letting go when it's wrong person right time (laughs) yeah exactly yeah 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 um, okay, so what are some of the other um, problems people come to you with? They don't have to be dating and relationships necessarily, but what you know, what are some of the common themes you see? Because I think really we all go through similar things and it's really nice for people to know they're not alone. Yeah. I think dating and relationships is like the bulk it's of huge. my <laughs> content, bulk of my, um, you know, content and life coaching. Uh, I ha- I have people come to me about like finding their self-worth after a breakup. So a lot of like post breakup mm-hmm. stuff. Um, also just a lot of like wellness in general. So, you know, finding routines and um, finding workout routines that work for them or, um, you know, diving into past trauma with family, um, just different things. Um, a lot of like variety. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's, you know, wellness overall, kind of like the the theme of yeah. your podcast. Yeah. A lot of There's it is- so many different facets to it, isn't there? And as I as I grow up and get older, I'm, I'm wiser. I realize that, you know, we all go through things and we, we all have different lessons to learn. And it's life, can, as you said at the start, life is hard. It's also amazing. But I think going through these lessons is what actually makes you grow and come out the other side and, you know, go on to the next thing in your life. Yeah, I think when we're in the moment of the hard thing, it's hard to mm-hmm. see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's always there and it's always coming. But it's it's just finding peace in the journey of getting there that I think a lot of people struggle with because we don't want to go through hard things. I mean, we don't want to yeah. feel the negative emotions. They're not fun. It's not fun to feel angry. It's not fun to feel sad and upset. It's not fun to feel those feelings, but it's part of the journey to finding the light. And so I think if we could just trust the process and find peace in our journeys, uh, the better off we'll be, but it's hard to do, especially if you lack like the self-awareness and everything that we've kind of covered, but, um, it's really just like trusting the process and trusting your journey. Uh, trusting the process is literally one of the hardest things to do because, I've been on such a journey myself and I, you know, I'm good. And I now have a toolkit where I, I can, as self-awareness, I've, I'm like, right, you're being a victim, reframe. But it's not, it's not that easy for everyone. And it's only easy, easier for me now because I've done all this work. But um, I think there's a lot of things happen to people thinking things are happening to me, not for me. And I think that's a really good reframe. Because if you can be like exactly what you said at the time, you're like, this is happening to me. This is so bad. Um, Why me? Why is this happening? And then you kind of just, I always say the only way out is through. And if you can just kind of go, this is hurting, this is hard, but I will come out the other side, but I will only come out the other side effectively if I go through it. And I think that's what, happens a lot of the time people people one maybe they they're going through too much they actually don't have the capacity to go through it right now and and fine but I think when you can going through it is is the key 
like sitting in the pain, sitting in the feels, crying, letting it all out, doing whatever you need to do will get you out the other side quicker. What do you think? Right. Healing is messy and it's not linear. And it's instead of going like straight up, it's, you know, taking detours along the way. And I think a lot of times people can fall into that victim mentality of like, mm-hmm. you said, things are happening to me, not for me. And I, I challenge this mindset with, I, I have this motto that I always say to myself when I'm going through something is everything is working out, even when it feels like it's not, especially when it feels like it's not, things are working out. You just have to trust that. But it takes some time to get to the trusting of that, mm-hmm. you know? Like I said, we don't want to feel the negative feelings and it's hard to go through heartbreak and breakups and, and all the life things that are seemingly negative. Um, but it, it is, you know, having faith that eventually it will start to get lighter and my days will start to get easier. So it's, yeah, having that, having that just trust it's, it's, it's big. Do you have any tips for people to how to trust the process? If you, if you're finding it incredibly hard to just be like, I can't, I, like every day I'm finding this so hard. How do I trust it's all going to be okay? Do you have any tips? I know that's hard. Yeah, no, I would say um, finding an outlet for talking mm. things, um, whether that be life coaching, whether that be therapy, whether that be talking with friends, family, um, getting support. I mean, mental health support and emotional health support is huge. And um, I think when, I think nowadays it's becoming more and more like, you know, accepted quote unquote and less stigmatized so um i i think talking through things and getting that support is single-handedly the key to really moving through um and feeling your feelings i mean you can't heal without feeling so it's you know feel to heal and um, letting yourself just be in that like negative space for a little bit but just don't get stuck in it so things are things can suck you know but just don't stay in the stuck yeah and I actually always think that that's actually where the magic happens when you can let yourself just go in the pit for a bit and you'll come out and it will all be much better but you have to you have to feel it and another thing that I try and do is if I'm going through something really tough I'll think right let me think of a time in my life before when I was going through something really tough I don't know say I got rejected from a job I really wanted and I put my heart and soul into it and um I I go back to that time or there's multiple times in my life. um, And I think it worked out, didn't it? At the time I I was like, this is so bad. What am I going to do? I feel helpless. Uh, And now where I am, I think, but it all worked out. And the next thing that came along was pretty much always a lot better. And I think now that I've had those experiences, I have the foresight to do that. But I think if, again, like, so I kind of am grateful for all the hard stuff I've been through because it does make you, it changes your perspective. It makes you stronger, but it also allows you this kind of tool to go, well, I got through that. So I'm pretty sure I can get through this. So it's about, I'd say it's about getting a different perspective as well. I agree. Yeah. Interesting that, you know, a closed door is going to lead to another open one. (gasps) So um, it's trusting that too. And yeah, like you've been through hard things in the past and and you're you're now here. And so trusting that you can, you can make it through another hard time. Um, I also think, you know, physical health plays a great role in our mental and emotional Mm. health. So I I recommend movement to all of my clients, all my friends, like movement is medicine. Like, oh, it it can change the course of your day. So even just walking on the treadmill or walking outside, 
getting fresh air movement is just essential in, in healing as well that's so true I mean even this morning I woke up and I was like oh, I feel like I need to go for a walk or something and then I thought do you know what I'm gonna go for a spin class and I felt so much better after that spin class I didn't even feel that bad this morning I just felt like you know I had to get some energy out but I totally agree but finding your finding what movement works for you you don't have to do what you know what everyone else does but I think you're totally right it's a really really good release isn't it yes yeah I, I agree 100% yeah, and we can't, you know, can't always fast track healing either, can you? It can be a lengthy process. And I think that's what a lot of people do. I think there's this theme around, or maybe it's not a theme, but, you know, when people are really busy and they don't want to slow down, it's because they don't want to feel, isn't it? Yeah, they want to constantly distract themselves from their feelings. Yeah, yeah a bit. Is it diso disassociation? You, you kind of don't want to feel the, the hard feelings. And it's like a defense mechanism for, yeah, not feeling your feelings and not hurting because we don't want to hurt. I mean, no one wants to hurt, but. Yeah, God, it's, when I think about it now, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my God, I would never go through that again. <laughs> yeah, like heartbreak is one of the most, it really is the worst. We had, we did an episode on it before and I had so many messages from people like, oh yeah, I can totally, I totally related and feel. But I also think it's one of those things that um, if you haven't been through it as well, it's really hard to necessarily understand because if you've been in the same relationship since you were, I don't know, very young and it's all working out and great, I, I, can't, I don't know how easy it is to kind of really relate to what someone has gone through because the feeling is like, it's, it's different to when you lose um, a parent or a grandparent or something like that. It's a, it's a very diff different kind of love, isn't it? So then to have that taken away, I think heartbreak is it's just the pits. It's just one of the horrible things that most people in this world go through. And I think it's grief it's I mean you're losing somebody who's still alive you're grieving definitely loss of somebody who is still alive walking the earth and so it makes yeah. it almost almost harder yeah yeah to know that they're out there but you don't have access to them anymore you can't have them and to know that like there was a lot of love there and probably still is and and so to think it's it's heartbreaking almost every day to think about like this person that I once loved so much is out there but I don't have them anymore and so it's, it's tough to, to think about that too. But I say, you know, that people say time heals. And while I do think that's true, because, you know, time, I was literally just going to ask you that about <laughs> time and healing, carry on. <laughs> time, time puts distance between you and the thing that causes the heartbreak, but it's what you do with that time that really makes a difference. So yes, oh, time, totally time heals, but, but what you do in that time is what really matters. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So do you think then, say you go for a really bad breakup and you block it out and you think time will heal, I'm not going to kind of sit in the fields and go through this. Do you think even two years later, you could still be struggling from that heartbreak and not even realize? Oh yeah, subconsciously. Yeah. If yeah. you're not doing the things that will, that will really deep down help you heal, then you're just creating, like I said, distance between you and that thing that's yeah. not necessarily healing. Yeah, and then that will affect any future relationships, I think, until you've done that. Right. And you'll take more more projections into a current connection. Yeah. Project more. 
Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Do you think, again, again, I think one thing that is really scary when you go for a heartbreak is how on earth am I going to meet my next person? I think that's what a lot of people often say to me as well. They're like, oh my God, I can't face going back on the apps. What do you think about that? Like dating apps, meeting in real life. I feel like there's this kind of bit of an era at the moment for meeting in real life again. Is it the same in Ohio? <laughs> yes. So funny enough, I've never been on a dating app. Okay. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. I, um, you know, I've been in relationships here and there, um, currently in one that I met, um, just in real life. So I know that it's possible because it happened for me, but, um, no shame at the dating apps at all. But I think people are craving that in-person meeting now more than ever. And actually recently started a singles event business. (gasps) Did you? Yes. And I hold events, monthly events to bring together in Cleveland. So amazing. How's it going? It's going great. I started in August. And so um, it's it's been really fun. We've had a couple events every month. People are loving it. People come out for them. They're, they just, like you said, want to meet in real life. They're craving that yeah. in-person connection. And, um, you know, I think they're kind of sick of the apps and some of the stigmas that come along with it, like kind of how we talked about at the beginning, the endless options mm-hmm. and the disrespect, ghosting. I mean, all that happen with dating culture today. And so I think people are ready for a new avenue and putting themselves out more, some themselves out more um, in like the day to day. So yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that. So you're being a matchmaker as well now. A little bit. Yeah, you should start <laughs> something in London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are a few things, but I feel like the London culture, I, I don't know. I, th- I think I, I can't judge by everyone, but there's definitely seems to be an appetite to get off the apps a bit. But I don't, I'm not on a dating app and I don't think I will. I just, no part of my body, no part of me wants to do it. No. no. I think it's no. possible with my personality. I'm very outgoing. I'm more yeah. bubbly. I'm personable. I, I'm, I know that I would be able to meet somebody in person. I don't. Yeah, that's how I feel. anyone that I've yeah anyone I'm dating I'm meeting in person (laughs) I think people on the apps like have that same mentality but it's just more accessible to them to you know screen um and I also think when we're out and about in public we're not necessarily looking up and making eye contact and smiling at strangers and making that's what I do now I'm like hey look at me look at me I'm looking at you (laughs) I'm like complimenting everybody you know you have to I I think yeah we are so in our phones all the time. We forget to look up. Yeah. But if you're wanting that in-person connection and meet, then you have to like have your eyes up. You know? Yeah, you've got to create the space. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And I think eye contact is funny because I noticed that men, once you look twice, they're a bit like, oh, oh, she looked twice. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, but you're right. You've got to give them the signals. You've got to make it comfortable and kind of, hang out in places that you can you can speak to people but what I don't like is you know a lot of guys say to me like friends of mine that I speak to about it they're just like oh yeah but like do you not think I'd be weird if I come and spoke to you and I'm like that's what we've got to get rid of like that's that's dating apps have done that and I think the pandemic did that as well because the dating apps were a big thing during the pandemic which I totally get because it was the only way to meet people but I think that's kind of left a bit of stigma yeah and I think um unfortunately I think social media has transform the the sharing game when it comes to dating and um there are pretty 
negative uh, videos that I see, you know, on TikTok a lot more than Instagram, but girls will be talking about their dating experience and be, you know, bashing men and yeah, have this like F men mentality and like men all suck kind of mentality and they just make fun of men and they're like, get ready with me videos. I'm like, this is damaging to our dating culture. Yeah, totally. Men don't, men, men don't come on there usually and say like, I went on this date and she was X, Y, and Z and like making fun of us and things like that. And so I think when men see those kind of videos online, they're like, well, then I'm never going up to a girl in public. Yeah. The- want to be on her video on TikTok and her making fun of me for going up to her in public. I mean, it's just sometimes we have to think about our actions and how they might affect not only the person that we're talking about, but like the greater, you know, world and and think yeah how will this affect men in general is this yeah totally is this going to serve people no it's not yeah so i i think men are scared now more than ever to go up to women in public because we have yeah and it's scary like i think the biggest fear of any like the biggest fear in the world is rejection anyway so we're just making it harder and there is this whole thing about a man is supposed to approach a woman which you know doesn't have to be the case at all but I totally agree that I think men do have it hard in that arena because it's even more terrifying for them if they think they're going to be put on TikTok and shamed yeah and we've and we've made it that way unfortunately so we're we have to change that um you know I think men deal with rejection a lot more than women do and so they fear the they fear the rejection they fear the publicity that they would be maybe be put online and talked about and they you know I think they fear the thought of being looked at as like creepy or weird because they come up to us in public when that's not the case when that's what women want but when you know when men are doing what we're claiming that we want we can't be making fun of them we can't be you know, putting them on blast. It's just disrespectful at the end of the day. Totally. And I think, as you said, these girls doing these videos, they don't want to meet someone in real life then, do they? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) They're not really doing what, they're not really, you know, yeah. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. And I think, as I said before, kind of making it a safe space for someone to approach you. Obviously you can't always do that, but if you're in a social situation, there are little things you can do like eye contact, walk past, you know, I think making them feel as safe and comfortable to come up to you as possible is only going to benefit you as well. (laughs) Uh, Agreed. And if if somebody comes up to you and you're not interested, just, you know, you can say, I have a boyfriend or I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not interested or I'm not dating right now. There's tons of things that you can say to let somebody down easy without being like, get away from me you're gross <laughs> like I'm yeah not- totally I would never say I never would say that to someone I am actually I always end up if someone does approach me and I'm not interested I'm always I end up being overly polite <laughs> I'm like oh my god I'm so flattered oh I get overwhelmed but no sorry <laughs> great great yeah I think we have to remember that that person is a human being with feelings and it probably yeah. took a lot of guts and courage to come up to you and so just like recognize that and say you're not interested or you know thank them for the gesture but no, I'm not dating right now or I have a boyfriend or whatever that, you know, may look like, but it's just, it's just having respect for people at the end of the day. I think that's, that's what kind of like my overall, overall yeah, your number one rule, definitely respect. Yeah. yeah. What, do, what do you think about um meeting on Instagram or something? People sliding into your DMs. I think it's kind of, you know, I've, I've made connections and gone out with men mm-hmm. DMs. Um, I think it's a little bit more personal than, um, 
a dating app. It's kind of like a social media form of dating app because mm. you know, people can slide in and message you. Um, but I also think depending on how you show up on, on social media, it's usually people coming from a more genuine place of, hey, I see what you're doing and I enjoy your content or I think that yeah. you seem like a really great person, um, just depending on the way that you represent yourself on social media and how uh, much you share, how less you share, like little you share. But yeah, I think it could be a potential you know, situation where it works out. But um, I think still at the end of the day, people want that in person. Yeah. Okay. So we're fully for in real life. That's what we're bringing into 2024, dating, meeting in real life. Love that. A lot of, a lot of people I speak to are like, yeah, I'm done with dating apps. I just want to meet someone in real life now. And I think we all really, after the, after the years of COVID and the pandemic, we want real life connection again, I think. I think so too. I think so too. Yay, love that. Well, I think that's a really nice way to round up. I love it. So thank, thank you so much. I've loved this chat. So much inspiring information for people. Um, so usually to end, I ask my guests three questions. Um, take your time if it puts you on the spot. But I would like to know what one of your favorite quotes is. One of my favorite quotes is just every, like everything is working out for us even when it feels like it's not. It is. I say that all the time. I have it posted like everywhere on my social media. So it's just, it's kind of like what we talked about this whole podcast is just trusting the process and, and knowing that things are working out even when it feels like it's not. Everything is always working out. Yeah, love that. Cool. And then what about a book recommendation? Oh, a book recommendation. I love the five love languages. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Then, What's your love language? Mine? Okay, so it has always been... Um, quality time and physical touch. But I'm notice I'm noticing that because of my past and hurt and trauma, I think I require a little mm-hmm. bit more words of affirmation, which I never really needed before. Mm-hmm. But I think um, it's okay to have your love languages change. And it's okay to need a little bit more of something that you didn't really need before. Um, just depending on what you've been through. So yeah, those are my top three. So I but I love talking about love languages and figuring out how to love people in their love language. Oh, we should have gone into that a bit earlier. I love that too. I actually am all those three as well. And I think it, you're right. It's okay to be a few of them as well. I definitely, I love words of affirmation, but I also love physical touch. And I think quality time would be my, I, I'm, I tend, I'm a Virgo in astrology. So I, my, I don't necessarily need it back, but I am very, I give acts of service a lot. So I have to kind of, you know, see if that person likes that, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big giver and I have to try and like rein that in sometimes. <laughs> I love that though. <laughs> but yeah or maybe we'll have to do another episode on love languages I love it I could talk about it all day yeah (laughs) okay and then lastly a piece of life advice you'd give your younger self oh that's such a good one oh my gosh I would just um you know when I look back on on past experiences where I I almost feel sad for myself or I feel like I want to go and like shake her and kind of like wake her up to certain things and certain things that I know now that I wish that I knew ne- knew then. So I would just tell her like, you know, you're, you're just doing the best that you can. Just keep doing the best that you can. Things will work out. Just keep doing the best that you can because at the end of the day, that's all we're doing. We're all just doing so the we best can do. with where we're at and what we have, what we know. So it's just really allowing allowing like our past selves off the hook and saying, I know that you were trying the best that you could then. And so I'm going to try and do better now that I know better. 
That's so lovely. I actually put that in one of my, um, I wrote 10 lessons I learned in 2023. And one of them was everyone is doing the best they can with what they have at that time. And that allowed me to have a lot more compassion for people. Totally. It allows you to have more compassion for others and yourself. Yay. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Um, so where can the listeners find you? So I am on Instagram. It's Natalie Bell nine. Um, TikTok is Natalie underscore Bell. And, and then my coaching website is chatswithnat.com. Um, so come and find me there. Connect with me. Shoot me a DM. I, I love connecting with, with other people. So amazing. I'll add all that in the show notes for people. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've loved chatting to you today. Love chatting to you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Wholeness with Hannah. I hope you found it insightful and uplifting and my one wish is that it's left you a little more equipped than it found you. Shout out to my amazing guests and my wonderful producer, Mariana. If you could subscribe, rate and review, I'd love you forever because it really helps the podcast or share with a friend if you think it will help them. You can also follow the pod on Insta at Wholeness with Hannah. Thanks and see you next episode.